Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and this episode is a continuation of our Admissions Director Q&A series. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Eddie Aspie from the Cornell Johnson Graduate School of Management. Eddie's title is Executive Director of Admissions and Scholarship, and he has spent over 18 years of his professional career in higher education, primarily within the admissions field. He has called Ithaca and Johnson home for about 10 years now, and Eddie's responsibilities have included helping develop the one-year and two-year residential MBA programs, along with recruiting underrepresented populations, U.S. military, and dual-degree candidates. Uh, Eddie has a BA in communication from the University of Buffalo and an MS in student personnel administration from SUNY Buffalo. Welcome, Eddie. Graham, thank you so much for having me. And um, of course, I look forward to having this conversation with you today. Yeah, no, it's a real pleasure to sit down with you and have this discussion. Uh, and, and, you know, everyone that's interested in, in Johnson, I just, I think this is such a great uh, way for them to learn a little bit more about your process and things. So we're going to start with a really basic question, though. I just would love to know a little bit more about your background and sort of the path that led you to this role at Johnson. Great. Well, once again, uh, thanks so much for the introduction um, and, of course, an overview of my background. But as you had mentioned, I've, I've spent the last uh, 18 years in higher education, primarily within admissions. And really what led me to um, this um, life and this uh, experience within admissions is I, I really just think about my my overall background of applying to college the resources that I had available, but ultimately uh, the people who helped guide me along that way. You know, when it came to, you know, filling out an application, thinking about the school that was the right fit, uh, I had a lot of guidance and a lot of help um, in that area. Mm. And um, as uh, as the University of Buffalo is my alma mater, I, alt- I had a great experience there. I always thought I would be a great representative of the school. And then throughout my journey earlier in my career, I learned a little bit about the world of admissions. So, you know, within my time in admissions, I, I truly feel that, you know, we have the opportunity of making a difference, giving people, you know, access to higher education and, um, you know, the work that I've been able to do, whether it's just meeting candidates, learning about their goals, but then really seeing how education really helps them grow uh, has been really rewarding. So the life in the world of admissions has been amazing. <laughs> I've been able to travel all over the world, as you know, yeah. within admissions, but also, you know, work with some amazing uh, colleagues and alums you know, between my time, you know, from the University of Buffalo, where I started off, and of course, throughout my last 10 years here at Cornell. Yeah, so you and I are absolutely on the same page, you know, when it comes to, it is really rewarding, like to give people access to education and to, you know, work with people as they journey, um, you know, towards, in this case, management education. So I want to know, and you kind of, maybe you hinted at this already, but (laughs) what is it that you like most about the job? And if you're willing, I'd love to hear, like, is there something that you don't like about the job? Oh, uh, man, uh, Graham, that's a, that's a loaded question right there. But um, <laughs> what I will de- definitely, you know, I love, I'm a people person. I love to hear your story. I love to know what motivates you, what drives you, what excites you. And this role has really given me the opportunity to work with young professionals 
you know, who have been in, you know, professional experiences. Um, and, and of course, if you look at our profile, you'll see, you know, on average around five years of experience, mm -hmm. you know, they're coming from some of the best programs, the best companies over the, uh, throughout the world, and then hearing about the value of an MBA and how Johnson can get them there. But then also just watching that progress. Um, I talk to my students, our alums all the time about, you know, you know, do you remember when I met you at this <laughs> fair and then you've applied to the program and now you've gone through the program. Now you've been out of this, out of the program from some time and really watching that journey. So, you know, once again, that's probably one of the most rewarding parts about the job. But also what I will say I like a, a love about my role is I, I work for an institution that truly values our students and as well as their employees. You know, I feel very confident in, you know, talking about a program or selling a program that truly stands by what their mission is, you know, making sure that students walk away with the best experience uh, so that once they do graduate, they truly are excited to be an advocate for this program. Uh, so once again, those are a couple of things that I, I, I really love about this job. Mm. What I dislike about this, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, with admissions, we we meet, once again, we meet some amazing candidates and, you know, we put a lot of time and in, in effort, energy, but also we know that candidates have to figure out, you know, which program is the best fit for them. Uh, so over time, yes, you do get attached to candidates and you know about their personal stories and you want to see them at Johnson. So when, when, you, when you learn that they may not be, in, be enrolling in the program here, uh, yeah, it could be, you know, you know, a little disappointing there. And that can probably be one of the toughest parts about the job. Um, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure that you find the program that is the best fit for you. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like, I mean, you just talked about this journey of, you know, having been with Cornell and Johnson for, you know, quite some time now, you get to see all these candidates from the very beginning when they're, like you said, when they meet you at a fair or something, all the way through to, you know, you're back on the road many years later, seeing them as alums or whatever. And so, yeah, you get that great kind of view. It's part of the benefit, I guess, of having been there a little while. But I also, I too can remember when I was doing admissions, just this idea of you meet someone on the road and you really want them to come to your program and you never know, you know, sometimes they don't even apply in the end or they're maybe not, uh, you know, maybe there's just something that was missing in their file or, or they end up going somewhere else. So there are all these, you know, it, it is, there is a double-sided nature to this, I guess. Absolutely. So the, the next question that I had for you is one about just sort of what's going on um, on campus. So is there something, you know, anything new that's happening or that's sort of forthcoming that you wish that more people knew about? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually really excited to kind of share um, a new opportunity for candidates applying to the two-year MBA program um, where we are this upcoming fall, we're piloting a one plus one program. And the one plus one program would be, of course, for candidates applying to the two-year program. They would spend their first year here in Ithaca. So they would go through uh, the, the standard, you know, curriculum as far as our fall core courses. Mm -hmm. In the spring is our immersion learning program. And then, of course, that summer, that summer internship opportunity. But in that second year, they can actually do a full year at our 
Cornell Tech program in New York City. Wow. Uh, so, you know, I think it's, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about with our program is really having the best of both wor worlds. And, you know, if, if someone is looking at, you know, um, the Cornell Tech program, it's really for those that are really bridging the gap between business and technology, but also, you know, giving them the opportunity of, you know, really networking with our Cornell Tech students. You know, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit within the tech side of things, this one plus one program will give you that opportunity to give you that flexibility to not only tap into what we call home base here in Ithaca, but also to tap into that Cornell Tech experience as well. So we are getting ready to really kind of, I'm sure really more throughout the year and stuff, um, you'll hear more about it. And at the moment, it's not a question in our application, but we will, not this upcoming app admission cycle, but the following admission cycle, we will have a question in the application that will allow students to indicate their interest in this, in this program. Well, wow, that is amazing. I had not heard anything about this, and I, you know, I feel like I try to keep my ear to the ground. So this is, um, this is really exciting news. I mean, I think you know the the Cornell Tech MBA has been around for several years now, and and people know about it. But I, this idea of combining the two in that way sounds really exciting. Well, you know, it's it, you know, with tech right now, you know, tech is everywhere, right? And 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 every industry out there, and. You know, I think Cornell uh, and Johnson has really done a good job of making sure that we we stay relevant, that we give our students, you know, once again, the resources, the opportunities to really be able to, to grow. So whether it is, you know, focusing on, you know, cryptocurrency, whether it is focusing on cloud computing, uh, whether it's focusing on the digital marketing space, um, you will have that uh, opportunity of taking, you know, you know, specialized courses in these areas but also, you know, with our program, we really focus on that performance learning piece. And, um, you know, you know no, no other way of doing that than to have multiple options, but also to experience, through it, experience it through the Cornell Tech uh, MBA program. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Very exciting news. So we'll stay tuned for more <laughs> details as that starts <laughs> to emerge, but that, that's really exciting. You know, it's funny. Often we get, you know, and when I'd have these conversations, you know, an admissions representative might say something like, well, we have this new course that we're introducing, but this is like, you know, this is pretty groundbreaking. So we'll see. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Look forward to hear more about this. Um, all right. So while we're talking about, you know, what's happening on campus and stuff, I want you to give me one kind of Cornell or Johnson stereotype that you want to debunk. Yes, I I think I would have to say it 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 would be um, regarding our location. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think people think that you know, okay, yeah, Ithaca, New York. Yes, we're in central New York. We're about four hours north of New York City. There's absolutely nothing to do, <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is far from the that is far from the truth. Yes, maybe the experience you know living in a larger metropolitan area. Versus, you know, uh, the college town uh, experience may be different, but, you know, you have to keep in mind that one, we are the, the largest of the Ivy League um, institutions that are out there, but also too, you know, when you think about the makeup of our uh, student body, you know, with so many students coming from so many different countries, you know, with the variety of clubs and organizations that we have here at Johnson, you know, the leadership opportunities that our students are taking advantage of, but also, yeah, you know, even from the social side, you know, the way that they 
you know, really incorporate, you know, that bonding experience. You know, one of the things that I mentioned is that there really is a family mentality, family vibe here uh, at Cornell and here at Johnson. And I do believe that there is a, is a special type of person that is here or even a, a type of person who is very intentional about applying to um, a program like Cornell as well. But, you know, uh, even if it's coming from the recruiting side, you know, I've, I've heard people say that, you know, recruiters don't come, you know, might not come to Ithaca. And that's also something that's far from the truth. You know, employers know the quality of our students and, you know, what our students, you know, bring forward to the table and how they add value to their companies. So, you know, you know, whether it is our location, whether it is the recruiting side of things, uh, our students do very well and they're very happy with their experience here at Cornell and here in Ithaca. Yeah, and I can attest, I had a chance to come up to campus uh, not so long ago. And yeah, I was, I, it was not what I expected. I mean, obviously it's this beautiful Ivy League campus on a hill. I mean, the, you know, the surroundings are, are beautiful and it's, it has this, you know, countryside vibe in the sense that it is out in, in New York State. But I was really blown away by the town because I just I didn't really know what to expect. And the town was I mean, there were far more restaurants than I would ever have been able to, you know, kind of uh, visit during a, a long stay. And, and it, you know, just I mean, yeah, a lot of cultural activities and theaters. And, you know, I, I was just yeah, it was really a kind of a quintessential college town, but almost I mean, a bit bigger than, you know, than what I expected. You know, this isn't some. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in like the Princeton area, which, you know, Princeton's kind of a small town, you know, but Ithaca has a lot on offer. So I, I was really um, impressed. So I think it's good that you're <laughs> pointing this out because people probably don't realize that it, it sort of has that best of both worlds aspect to it. Absolutely. Well, next, if you're in the area next time, please let me know. We'll love to show you around <laughs> yeah. a more more of Ithaca. Definitely. Um, so let's get into some of the tactical stuff, because I know folks listening, if they're submitting an application, they're always curious about what happens to that application once they click submit. You know, they've poured hours and hours into producing the app, and they're always wondering, like, what, what exactly goes on behind the scenes between you know, the, the submission and maybe an interview invitation. And then after that onto, you know, kind of a final decision. So you're willing to kind of pull back the curtain a bit and just walk us through operationally, like what happens? Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, we, we do understand that candidates really take their time and, um, you know, and hopefully as they go through the application process, they also find that this is an opportunity to do some self-reflecting, but also to have fun um, with our application itself. But once someone has actually hit submit with their application, know that our team does not process the applications typically until after the actual deposit deadline. Once the, um, or I'm sorry, the application deadline. Right. Once the application deadline has, has hit, it will go to one of our admissions and application coordinators where they will make sure that every component in the application that has been listed out is, you know, has been submitted uh, and has been submitted correctly. So whether it is your test scores, if whether it is your essays, your resumes, your letters of recommendations, mm -hmm. and um, once all that has been received, they will move forward with completing processing that application and then it is um, sent to one of our readers on our team. 
Um, so then what the reader will do, they'll do a full evaluation. Once again, looking at every component and every aspect of your application and um, also take some overall notes, highlighting, you know, some of the, um, you know, pros or even areas of improvement um, or questions that they may have within that application. Mm -hmm. Once that preliminary review has been done, the reader has the opportunity to make one of three decisions. They can automatically move you forward to an interview. They can recommend to put you on the wait list without an interview, or of course, un you know, unfortunately um, deny as we feel that the uh, quality of your application is, um, isn't as strong. Mm -hmm. So once one of those three decisions are made, of course, if you are invited to an interview, you will see, receive a notification from our team uh, indicating that you have been invited for an interview. Uh, you'll have the opportunity of scheduling your interview through one of our systems here, which will be provided with a, uh, provide you with a link. And then of course you will schedule that interview. After you've gone through that interview itself and the full evaluation has been done, it then goes back to committee. Um, and this is where our committee will get together. We will review your full candidacy, really take a second look at your overall application, mm -hmm. review your interview notes, and then make a final decision there. With our final decision, it could be one of three decisions again. It could be, of course, you've been admitted to our program. It could be you have been denied after the interview, or it could be that we're placing you on the wait list okay. after the interview as well. So, so that is kind of more of our process as you, you know, go through all the steps. The one thing that I will say is if you go onto our website, there is our, um, of course, our uh, application deadlines, but it also indicates our initial notification deadlines as well as our final decision deadline. Okay. And keep in mind with our in initial notification deadline, this pretty much means that, you know, and it's typically around, let's say, five to six weeks after you've submitted your application, everyone who's applied in that round will find out if they have been, you know, placed on the wait list without an interview, if they've been invited for an interview, or if they've been flat out denied. But also know that these decisions are given out on a rolling basis. But once again, with that initial notification deadline, we guarantee that everyone will hear by that date. Got it. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I appreciate you walking through this because I, I know there's, you know, sometimes there's some anxiety on the part of an applicant about just wanting to understand like what's going to happen when and how just how you all do it too. And I think one thing I find really fascinating is that not every school does it the same way, um, and I think that it's it's interesting to hear that you all, if someone has an interview, that you all as a committee will meet and talk about that candidate. There are some schools where, you know, there's still a bit of a sort of triage happening where after the interview, there's like another read by an individual, and if that person decides that the person's going to get in, then it just goes to the director's office for approval. So it's interesting that you guys sit down and it sounds like have a conversation about every single candidate that's going to come into the program, which is terrific. Yes, I, I will say that's one of the things that I, I love is that I, you know, we want to make sure that our team really understands, you know, you know, the, the makeup of the class that we're bringing. As I had mentioned before, I think that the type of person that um, applies to a program like Cornell, you know, they're applying with, you know, great intentions and really understands the culture of the community here. And 
our, you know, our admissions team, you know, they are really invested in, in applicants and listening to their story and what makes them stand out. So, you know, hearing their thoughts, um, whether it's regarding their goals or fit or just the overall interview has been really helpful. And this is why I think that we have and that we continue to bring in a great quality class every year. Got it. Okay. So while we're talking about application and all the, you know, tactics here, I did want to ask you if you have any tips about, you know, the application essays and if so, yeah, what what might you recommend someone who's sitting down with your application, looking at the essay component and starting to think about writing? Absolutely. So I I the first thing that I really would say is just really take your time by understanding the question. And I think that this is where, um, you know, sometimes candidates may kind of fall short uh, in the process, whether they're just really looking to, you know, just hit the ground running without really answering the question, or sometimes, you know, of course, trying to take an essay from another school and really incorporate that into a Johnson application. Right. But what I would say is really just take your time, you know, really understand what we're asking, but also gathering your thoughts together mm-hmm. and thinking of, you know, how you see yourself making an impact in a, in a program uh, like Cornell's program, which is, of course, our impact essay in particular. But being authentic and genuine is something that can take you very far throughout this entire process. So, you know, knowing that we, you know, seeing someone who has really given this thought, who's really connected the dots um, and, you know, having the community you know, walk away saying, you know what, I completely understand where they're going with this. I understand how this makes sense. It's just something that I will would encourage candidates to really do. Take their time, understand the question, and then really be authentic and genuine throughout the process. Great advice. Yeah, I, it is funny how I think candidates often laugh when you say, oh, you know, answer the question that you've been asked. And yet, as a former admissions reader myself, I can tell you there have been so many times where we're like, wait, are they answering the question that we asked? Or, or you know, are they doing something else that they, you know, either it's because they want to just tell a specific story and they're kind of shoehorning it in, or like you said, maybe they're using something they wrote for another application. So yeah, answering the question is really fantastic <laughs> advice, even though it seems like it should be, you know, kind of the step one, right? But it, yeah, so <laughs> great, great advice. I'm glad you're underlining that. Uh, I do want to say I love the way that your team deals with the career goals question um, because, you know, most schools ask about career goals, but you have this really cool kind of fill in the blank um, or historically you've had that, you know, I haven't looked at this year's application because I know it may not be yet online or you can, you can tell me more here, but you had these great like fill in the blank short answers on the application form. And I just wondered if you'd be willing to tell us a little bit about where that approach came from and how it seems to be working. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say that we are still using the same format for our goals essay um, with the fill in the blanks. So that's one thing to know. Good. But, <laughs> you know, with that, the goals statement and the goals essay, the way that came about was we really want candidates to ultimately get to the, you know, we want you to get to the point of <laughs> what that short-term and that long-term goal is. And we found ourselves before, uh, especially in the past, where um, you would still read an essay and you you really didn't have a good sense of what someone wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Whether it was someone who really just didn't know what they wanted to do, whether they had, you know, they had, you know, three different, you know, um, goals in mind, 
but this way really gives you the opportunity to say, you know, I am looking to be, you know, to work in, you know, uh, as a consultant, but I want to focus on healthcare consulting. Mm -hmm. And it really allows us to be able to say, okay, you know, this is exactly what this candidate wants to do, but also we give you the opportunity to elaborate further in a paragraph form uh, in the essay itself. So it also helps us from an admission side really be able to, you know, get through that part uh, a little bit quicker to, to save some time. Yeah. But once again, it, it does kind of force an applicant to really get to the point on what they want to do so that we can also focus on other areas of the application to see what transferable skills they have to help them get to that point. And then, of course, if there's any questions that we have, this is why we can um, ask further in the interview itself. Great. Yeah, it's definitely innovative. And I, I think it's a, you know, it's a good exercise for candidates to sort of, you know, just really think carefully about, okay, this is the job I want in this sector, et cetera, you know, short, long term. So I think it's a great way to approach it. Tell me, I know we talked about it a bit when you were going through the life of an application, but, you know, there's an interview uh, in your process for candidates who are moved forward. And I just wondered if you'd be willing to share a little bit about how the interview itself works. Like, who who am I interviewing with? Uh, is it a current student? Is it an alum? Is it one of you or a member of your team? And what kind of an interview? And like, what should I be doing to prepare? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say the interview is probably one of my absolute favorite parts about this whole application process because you, you really get a sense of you know what you know what makes uh, a candidate unique, why they want to be here at Johnson how they're a good fit, and then really, once again, just understanding their story mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more. But our interview process is either conducted by uh, an admissions representative or one of our trained second-year students, which is called our JAGS. It's our Johnson Admissions uh, group. And they're a group of um, second-year students that go through an intense uh, training process before we even allow them to conduct these interviews. So once you have, of course, identified, um, you know, your, your interview time, you, as I had mentioned before, you would go on to our system and you would schedule either an on-campus interview, which we will be doing this year, or um, a virtual interview option. Mm -hmm. As far as our interviews, uh, one of the things that you will notice is, one, our interviews are approximately 30 minutes long. But also the interviewer typically has the resume, your resume in front of them, along with some brief notes regarding your application. So as I had mentioned before, as we you know, go through the process of the application itself, a member of our admissions team will do a full review on your application. But there, there may be some things that they, they want the interviewer to highlight. So, you know, there may be some brief notes, whether it's regarding your academics, whether it's regarding your goals, whether it's regarding um, just your overall fit for the program, and your interviewer may address, you know, or ask some of these questions uh, in the interview itself. But what I would say is, uh, as far as preparing for the interview, mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, know your story. You know, uh, I always say that three questions that you should be able to answer is, why an MBA? why an MBA now, and, and really why our program uh, in particular. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, really being able to address anything that you may also feel may be a red flag. So, you know, if it comes to the academic side of things, the question is, you know, 
ultimately, how do you see yourself preparing for the core? Uh, so you should be able to have an answer for that. I truly believe that candidates really should be proactive in some of their responses versus reactive, you know, as they, you know, go through the interview itself. But, you know, showing personality and, you know, and, and humor, um, you know, don't be afraid to do that. I believe that our interview process here at Johnson is very conversational. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, we're going to ask the questions that we need to ask to learn more about you. But also, we just want to know who you are as a person. You know, what excites you? What what do you like to do for fun? And that also gives us a sense of how you may be able to bring your experience and really enhance uh, the Johnson community. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Great advice. And I, I think, you know, it's interesting, this know your story stuff. I, yeah, I always recommend people, you know, read your application again before you walk into an interview. And, you know, it sounds like the person interviewing you in this case has your resume. They maybe have some notes. So this is, um, it's a great opportunity to kind of, as you say, kind of bring, bring your application file to life and let people get to know who you are. Uh, I want to shift gears as we move on to the next question here, because I wanted to ask you about how how does Johnson take advantage of the school's surroundings? You know, we talked about Ithaca and, you know, all the kind of kind of nature opportunities in New York State. But how is that stuff taken advantage of? But also, how connected is the school to, you know, the Cornell Tech campus in New York City? Or, you know, what what's the sort of balance there? Yeah. So I this is also one of the things that I feel about our program that really is is unique, where not only do we give you the flexibility to tap into other departments and other programs here at Cornell, but once again, having the best of both worlds with our Cornell Tech uh, campus. Mm-hmm. But I'll start with, you know, our program and, and other options here at Cornell. But, you know, of course, that first year is, is pretty standard, you know, where you're, you're going through the core. Once again, our immersion learning program, that summer internship experience, but also in the fall and the spring spring of your second year uh, in particular, that's where we give you the opportunity and flexibility to take advantage of uh, elective courses, you know, research opportunities with other programs uh, here at Cornell. So we see many students, you know, whether it is um, with uh, industrial labor relations, whether it's through the law school or engineering, health administration, where they are partnering together whether it is, you know, uh, clubs and organizations such as like our JD MBA Society, our Human Capital Association, where they really partner together. Um, but once again, uh, allowing our students to take classes amongst these other programs at Cornell. And also you, we see other, um, you know, students from, you know, other programs taking courses at the business school. Uh, so, you know, we, we, of course, want you to walk away understanding, you know, the the business fundamentals, but also we want you to be able to have an experience and a a unique experience where you're also able to understand other elements of business or other, you know, functions as well to really round out your overall uh, experience. But then also too, that Cornell Tech experience, Um, you know, you know, I know I keep mentioning uh, about the best of both worlds, but it truly is the best of both worlds to have, you know, a, a campus uh, in Ithaca, but also an actual campus, a tech campus in New York City. 
But with the Tech Campus, there are a few options that we are um, offering. Uh, as I had mentioned, we're getting ready to launch this One Plus One program one full year in Ithaca, you know, with our two-year residential program, mm -hmm. as well as one full year, you know, at the Cornell Tech program. But also, if you're not looking for that overall experience, we do give you the opportunity of taking uh, advantage of our New York City fall weekend courses, which will allow our students to take advantage of some elective courses, you know, throughout one weekend in New York City, hmm. you know, for our students. Um, if you're not interested in that fall weekend courses, we do have two intensives that are seven-week intensives. There is a fintech intensive, and then there's also a digital marketing intensive. Oh, wow. And these would happen in the spring semester of your second year of the MBA program itself. And once again, you spend seven weeks in New York City, you know, really focusing on either digital marketing or the fintech space. After those seven weeks, you have the opportunity of continuing elective courses on the Cornell Tech campus, or you can return back to Ithaca, mm -hmm. where you can kind of fit, uh, finish out the remaining seven weeks right before you graduate um, in the program. So uh, so once again, just a, f uh, a few options for you out there, but you know, uh, we love that this is an opportunity for our students to really be able to take advantage of. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and I, I think um, that's a great segue into my next question, which was going to be about, you know, we've been talking about the two-year MBA program, um, and that's, you know, the majority of folks tuning into this podcast are, are you know, typically looking at, you know, full-time two-year type programs. But there are a subset who are interested in these one-year offerings. And I know, for example, the Cornell Tech MBA is a one-year format, I believe. And then there's also, you guys run a one-year MBA in Ithaca. I believe it's for people who have a certain amount of experience and maybe a business background in terms of undergraduate studies. But I'd love for you to elaborate on those two programs in brief. And also just like, if you could give us a sense of who are they for, you know, because there might be people tuning in today who they're not really sure, you know, which kind of a program they want to go for. And so, yeah, if you could just run through those two offerings, since they're kind of unique. Yeah. So, um, Graham, kind of breaking news. So this week we actually made an announcement that our one-year program uh, here in Ithaca has actually been merged um, and really consolidated with our one-year program at Cornell Tech. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so really, um, you know, th that offering, um, you know, here in, in Ithaca, you know, once again, has been kind of merged with, with Cornell Tech. So okay. uh, if you actually go onto our website, you'll see a lot of updates where, you know, if you are looking for a one-year program right now, it really, your, your option is the Cornell Tech um, MBA program, which will still, you know, begin with a May start, and they will continue to do their core curriculum here in Ithaca, but that fall and that spring uh, semester will focus on their experience uh, on the Cornell Tech campus in New York City. Got it. Okay. And, you know, we've really just kind of noticed that, you know, there's a, 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 a really a strong interest uh, in the tech uh, industry itself mm -hmm. and really being able to kind of focus more on our Cornell Tech program itself are, you know, some of, some of the reasons, reasonings of making this decision. And of course, for the one-year program in Ithaca, uh, definitely not an easy decision to, to make, but we also do feel that it is a, a, a good opportunity to really be able to expand on the current offerings that we do have, you know, as well. Yeah. 
But to also answer your question about Cornell Tech uh, in particular, you know, once again, this is, is a one-year program that, uh, you know, allows students to focus on the digital economy and to really bridge that gap between business and, and, and tech. And when I think about it, you know, not everyone can speak both languages, right. both the tech and the business side of things. But also it gives you that opportunity to really kind of work up, work in the startup space to really be able to get the basic um, business fundamentals, tech knowledge as well to really be able to, to help you um, in, the, in those areas as well. So if you are someone who is looking to uh, apply to a Cornell Tech program, they are looking for someone with that digital tech background and that experience, you know, um, before, you know, even a- applying to the program it- itself. Mm-hmm. But once again, those are the two options. But of course, wanted to make that announcement regarding our one-year program here yeah. in Ithaca. No, that's great. And I feel like I'm, we're privy to all these great, you know, kind of new <laughs> new yeah. bits of new tidbits on, on news. So that's really cool uh, to hear. So I think, um, I guess, the just to hone in on a point, though, so you're saying for the Cornell Tech MBA in New York City that, yeah, having worked in tech or having a kind of technical background is sort of a prerequisite, right? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Um, and are the students, do they tend to be a little bit older or that's not? That it runs consistent with the traditional MBA. Yeah, it runs consistent with the traditional MBA. Um, with you know what their profile you know will look like. You know, um, but once again, I think you know the the most important thing is is really someone with that digital base uh, experience. So yeah, you know, if you're someone who you know are, are coming from a completely different background, um, you know, just say you are coming, let's just say from a, a marketing background no digital experience overall, mm-hmm. and you're looking to make a complete career switch into the Cornell Tech program, that program is, is probably not the best fit right. for that type of candidate. Okay. But once again, that digital-based experience is something that's going to be key. Okay. Got it. Uh, I have one more question. Then we have a handful of what we call kind of lightning round, real humans questions that I'll run you through if you have time. Uh, but the last sort of regular question is just, how are things going in terms of people being able to come to campus? I know that, you know, for many schools, you know, COVID obviously still out there, but schools have adjusted and are now kind of letting prospective students onto campus. You did mention earlier in this conversation that on-campus interviews are kind of coming back this season. And and, and so I just wanted to find out, like, are, are campus visits happening? Uh, you know, how open is the campus to people who are not current students? Yeah, absolutely. So we're really excited to welcome people back for this upcoming fall. Mm -hmm. So right now for the summer, there are no official visit programs that are offered. But for this upcoming fall, we do intend to welcome candidates back on campus. And, um, you know, whether it is for their interview, we typically will have our coffees and conversations with our students, uh, opportunity to have lunch. And then, of course, the opportunity to sit through a class visit with our faculty. So right now we're working on flushing out all those details. And of course, once the fall semester begins, we will send out a communication um, welcoming candidates back to campus. I know that there are general tours of Cornell that are being offered right now Okay, if someone um, wants to come. And of course, our team is always willing to have a conversation if someone is... Um, you know, on campus. So, you know, once again, we look forward to having people in person. 
looking forward to welcoming them back and, of course, showing um, our amazing community here at Johnson. Okay, great. Um, so these have been, obviously, all of your responses to these questions have been so helpful for me in terms of learning more, and, and I'm sure that everyone tuned in has has gleaned a lot um, from this conversation. I did, one of our things with these admissions director Q&As is we want folks who've tuned in to kind of get to know you a little bit and, and to understand that you're like a regular person and not some mysterious, you know, gatekeeper. And so with that in mind, we have these kind of fun questions and we'll just like rifle through them. Um, so okay. if you're ready, I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. if you're ready, I'll just sort of start firing away and you can um, give me your responses. And yeah, so it all, all for fun, but let's, <laughs> let's get into it. So the, the first one is coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Okay. Uh, the next one is beach or mountains? The beach, which I'm actually excited for a vacation that we're having tomorrow. So, oh, nice. Um, but right. the beach, yes. <laughs> Got it. Um, would you characterize yourself as a morning person or more of a night owl? I am a morning person, uh, waking up in the morning, full of energy, smiles. Uh, so yes, morning person. All right. I'm glad that I picked a morning time slot yeah. for our, <laughs> our conversation today. Um, all right. What about a, a pet peeve that you have? Ah, uh, um, uh, being dishonest. Um, huge, huge pet peeve. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, what about a guilty pleasure that you have? <laughs> oh man, I have uh, such a sweet tooth. So candy, and whether it's in my office, tons of candy, but. I love Starburst jelly beans, and it's like <laughs> my go-to of everything right now. Now, this is so I can can absolutely relate to this because I too um, have a tendency to you know want to have you know candy and things. But then when you have children, you have to kind of be a role model. Yeah. So I don't do the kids come to your office and and see that you have jelly beans and then raid your jelly bean stash or <laughs> they absolutely they know where my entire stash is and they <laughs> yes they do got it all right excellent um so what about um, okay a favorite virtue in others. My favorite virtue in others, I think kind of the willingness to give. I, I, I you know, I, I always mention about, you know, Cornell students here um, and how I really be believe that they're selfless. And I love that in people, you know, someone who's willing to go above and beyond, you know, for others is, is something that I really admire. Okay, got it. Uh, how about a happy place. So you get a couple hours to yourself. Where would you love to be to, with that sort of spare time? <laughs> oh, yeah. I am a huge sports fan. So the thought of being in a sports stadium, whether it's a basketball arena, whether it's a football stadium, that is like my happy place of of where I'm able to cheer, get excited. Um, you know, that, yeah, that is really like my, my happy place or, or a, a, a music venue. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, let's um, let's see what else we got here. We've got oh, a comfort food, just something you you enjoy eating regularly. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese, my comfort food. Excellent, good choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about um, a proudest moment for you? Oh yeah, being a dad by far. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a I'm a father of three, a six, a four, and a one year old, and. Uh, the Johnson community knows that I will talk about them for anything. I'm, I'm sure any presentation that I give, somehow I talk about my kids. But being a dad um, is probably the proudest proudest moment. Okay, excellent. Uh, what about a superpower that you wish you had? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> that is, that's a great question. I would say, I would probably say to kind of 
go back in time. You know, and I don't think it's to to fix mistakes, but there's some times where you just want to relive a moment all over again. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, probably going back in time is something that I would love to do. Cool. I gotta say, I'm happy that you picked that only because so many of the admissions folks that I've spoken with, they all say the same thing, which is, "Oh, I'd love to be able to fly so I could get to events instantly, <laughs> or, or like to tell it, you know, to tran- sort of teletransport." Or, you know, they, yeah, they talk about being in two places at once. So this is kind of a cool, yeah. So being able to go back in time and relive great moments. Uh, Let's see. I just have a couple more. I appreciate you humoring me on these. Um, This one's a little bit more down to earth. What part of the admissions process would you most like to skip if you were applying to business school? If I were to apply to business, absolutely the the test. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely the test. If I had to skip one part of it, and and of course with our process, we do allow candidates to submit a test or put in for a test waiver uh, request. But that test part is definitely probably something that I would love to skip. Yeah, and you <laughs> you are not alone um, of the different admissions officers that I've had on the show. That's a very popular <laughs> response. Um, and then the last one's just a fun, like what, what's the best thing that you've either read or watched or, or listened to recently? Wow. I, I'm, I, I probably would say, you know, everything that I do is, um, is I, I, I'm consistently listening to music um, mm-hmm. all the time. And kind of my go-to genre is more of old school hip hop, R&B, and, and jazz are probably my go-to. So probably listening to some station. Um, I'm a serious XM, you know, um, you know, you know, junkie, I would say, um, where I'm constantly listening to one of those two genres in in particular. Ah, excellent. Cool. Um, well, I appreciate you answering all these questions. I I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit better and I think everyone who's tuned in has as well. Um, Eddie, I, you know, really appreciate you making time to do this and yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on the show and have you back anytime you want. (laughs) Graham, thank you so much. And I appreciate you hearing more about, um, you know, who we are as a community here at Johnson. And of course I wish all of those that are listening, you know, the best throughout their journey but ultimately know that myself and, and, and any member of our team are happy to help throughout the process. But, um, you know, once again, thanks so much for having me. Now, it's been a pleasure. Uh, everyone stay tuned. We've got more episodes coming up with admissions director Q&As as well as our regular weekly Wiretaps episodes. So thanks for listening.